Welcome back to the Thunder Six Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider. Guys, we need to talk about this trade. This is literally my live reaction. I was just done watching the Oklahoma State Baylor game. I feel like a lot of you guys probably were too. I mean, I'm not looking at my phone when I'm watching Kate Cunningham just go off. I'm a huge Cowboys fan. So just watching them win their first round game was huge. The fact they were able to put a punctuation mark against a top team in Baylor tonight was absolutely ridiculous. So I was going crazy. I was looking to just, you know, I was going on Twitter, you know, see what's going on with Cade Cunningham and like everyone just going crazy over this Oklahoma State team. It's not just Cade Cunningham. I could probably do a whole podcast on them. I mean, their team is pretty stacked right now. So I'm done with that. I mean, I'm checking my phone and the first thing I see, it's not even tweets about Oklahoma State. It's tweets about, oh, now we have no more people that played with Kevin Durant anymore, Russell Westbrook. I think it was Russell Westbrook. Like, no no more Russell Westbrook teammates are left. And I'm like, what is going on? So, I think I saw something about Diallo. I checked, uh, checked Shams, and I didn't see anything. So, I was like, well, what, what is everyone talking about? Woj, he comes out with the announcement that Hamadou Diallo has been traded to the Detroit Pistons for Sfima Luke. In a 2027 second round pick from the Houston Rockets. I don't even know how to feel about this one. And, you know, I think the the main thing that people are going to be saying is like, you know, we weren't going to pay this guy because he was going to be in restricted free agency after this season. That's cool. So is Fima Kyluk. He has his free agency period. He's going to be restricted free agent uh, after this season. The only way he's not is if the Thunder decide to pick up his qualifying offer, which would be roughly for about $2 million. But if they don't pick up on that, yeah, he's going to be in restricted free agency just like Hamadou Diallo. And I don't understand. I don't understand why you wouldn't, you know, continue going on with Diallo. I feel like he's been that, like, flamethrower off the bench. Svima Kailuk's more that role player you kind of mesh in with the unit. He's like a sharpshooter. He's a sharpshooter. Hamadou Diallo's not like that. He's not a shooter. He's more that electrifying guy who brings you up. He's he's that flamethrower. I know I said it, but that's what he is. You know, he goes in, he electrifies. If he's not there, not all there, it's cool. You bench him. And he's looked so, so good this season. I mean, he's averaging career highs pretty much all across the board. Mark Dagnall did an amazing job with him, averaging about a dozen points a game, getting over five rebounds, 2.4 assists. He's so good distributing the ball right now. And I feel like he was just figuring it out. He was just figuring out the system. Clearly the shot, you know, he's looked a lot better at times, but it's not consistent. And I think that's his going to be like his main struggle throughout his career. He's shooting 29% right now. And last season he was shooting 28%. So not a big improvement. It looked a lot better a little earlier on in the season. But I just don't get it. I mean, he's 22 years old, very, very young, and it seems like he's just growing at the seams right now. He looks so good as as a point guard. In the point Diallo role, he, he had success. So they want to move him, and the perspective I'm getting is they just want to continue to stockpile up on picks, number one. And number two, this move kind of gives you a clear sense of direction on what's going on with the future of this franchise. Now, we know they want picks. I mean, they have 
what, like 18, 17, 18 first round picks up until 2027. And, you know, they're stocking up on seconds. Not to the same extent, but you add one to your collection right here. A 2027 Houston Rockets second round pick. I don't know what kind of value that really has. You can't gauge that. And seeing how the Houston Rockets are right now, they're probably going to have some pretty solid pieces to build around. And by 2027, I don't think they're going to be in tanking status whatsoever. You got a 25-year-old Christian Wood who's, once he comes off an injury, he's going to be a starring for you. Kevin Porter Jr. looked amazing in his Rockets debut. He's probably part of the future. And with them probably having the worst team in the league, they're going to have the most ping pong balls. They may wind up getting a number one pick who would probably be Kate Cunningham. I mean, it would be Kate Cunningham or someone along that extent. They're looking for a top pick here. Obviously, we could snag that pick, but you don't know what's going on with their future. So you just kind of take that as your classic second round pick. There's not a ton of trade value to that. Now, you know, if you're trying to maybe get get a player who's like coming right off a market, like no, the team's just trying to dump them off, you can snag someone with the second round pick. Sure, why not? That's what happened with this Vincent Poirier deal we saw earlier in the season. We gave up a protected, like, what, 31 through 55 pick, which obviously is not going to convey. So we're going to get that pick back. But it helped us get Poirier and create, you know, um, some space for the Celtics there. It's kind of like one of those things. So I don't think individually that has much value. You try to, you know, tally stuff up. It's not like 2K where... You just got to throw in four second round picks and you can get a pretty good prospect. That could happen. And that's probably what Sam Presti is going to try to do in a little bit once he starts pulling the trigger on deals. But I don't see I don't see exactly what the market is. So really what you're what you're looking at is Sam Presti looking to kind of once and for all move this team from a, you know, a team that was kind of all isolation based. You wanted to stretch the floor, but you could never do it to, all right, we're signing the whole entire group with just shooters right now. And that the pace and space is really what this has turned into. I kind of liked Diallo as that second unit guy who helped create that space because he drew double teams so much, but he's out the equation now. And he, I think he's going to do great with Detroit. I mean, the GM over there, I think it's Troy Weaver. He's done such a great job evaluating talent so far. He got Frank Jackson from us after we, you know, uh, weren't able to sign him after his amazing preseason. So they snagged one of those flamethrower guys, as I've said, you know, before the season even started. He's on a two-way contract, and now you get Hamadou Diallo. So they took two of these guys, and they've given up Sfi Mikhailuk, who... If you guys remember, I think he, yeah, he started out with the Los Angeles Lakers, kind of a nice surprise for them, and he actually built up a pretty decent reputation there. He ended up getting, uh, getting moved to the Detroit Pistons, and that ended up happening, I think it was two seasons ago, and he, he was all right. I mean, just your traditional shooter. He has a little bit of bounce in his step, but it's not like a thing where you're going to see him isolating. He's really your traditional just wing that you can stretch the floor out with. He gets his job done. The way I look at this is, you know, whenever we picked up, I think it was like Kyle Singler, actually. And Kyle Singler, I'm not comparing Sfi to Kyle Singler because, of course, Kyle Singler didn't turn out too well for us. I'm not making any predictions. I'm just saying Kyle Singler with Detroit, he was... 
by all means, just a shooter. That's kind of what Svima Kyluk is for the Pistons. I mean, in his best season, it was last year, he averaged 9 points a game, 1.9 rebounds, and 1.9 assists. So, it's all around the board doing all right stuff for you. He also averaged 0.7 steals. So, defensively, he's kind of there too. But he's not like a jack-of-all-trades. I think he's more of that one-dimensional... Uh, yeah, I, I want to say he's more one-faceted when it comes to just being able to shoot the rock. And he shot 40% from three last season, actually. So that was pretty wild for him. And the time he split in his rookie season, I mean, he wasn't that bad either. I mean, he shot 33%. That's where he's at right now. One-third, clean, 33.333%. That's where he's at. Hamadou Diallo, clearly down a little bit. But I feel like the role is pretty evident when you have him. And Detroit, they're kind of all over the place. I'm not going to say, you know, I've watched every Detroit Pistons game because come on now, who has really? But from what I recall about Svi, he's really not, you know, he's not really creating shots. He's not going right at the basket all the time. And being at the height 6'7", this is exactly what Kenrich Williams' height is, actually. And we've seen with Kenrich Williams, he was sliding from the two through four positions this year. Svi is listed as a small forward, but I do think that he can kind of drop down a little bit to the shooting guard position. So you're kind of looking at that 2-3 guy. I think with a deal like this, you open the door for some other prospects, I think the obvious reason why, you know, this deal went through is because I don't think Sam Presti wanted to ink Diallo to a deal. I think he'd probably garner a pretty sweet contract in restricted free agency, and despite him looking amazing, I think just checking things down from a perspective they don't know long-term if he matches the direction. Yeah, that's just my baseless claims on this, but Svi, you know, maybe he does. He he gives you that shooting, but I don't think he gets a similar contract to Hamadou Diallo. He's going to be getting some bank compared to where he was last year. Oh yeah, he's going to be swimming in money come this offseason. I don't think Shafi's like that. I think Shafi is kind of in the same boat of Justin Jackson where, you know, you take a one to two year contract at a pretty low scale and you're going to be happy with it. And I think maybe that's what Presti's going for. I mean, he had a savvy move when it came to picking up Kendrick Williams in the uh, sign-in trade deal where we gave off Steven Adams, got a haul back, got him for, what, three years, six million in total, clean two mil, every single one of those. He's in year one of three. So that is a budget deal. You kind of look at trying to make that at his fee, and you always need the cost-effective options, especially whenever, you know, the future has so many kind of different routes. So it gives you that flexibility, I would say, and more so, I think it gives you flexibility in this roster. I think, look, here's the deal. And I did this in my rotation video. I did this in my uh, rotation podcast. I was talking about how there's probably not going to be enough minutes to kind of share the love around all these young guys. And I think the main dude that I kind of emphasized was, you know, Kenrich Williams. This is a guy who, in starting minutes in February, was a beast for the team. I think he averaged, what, 9.1? points or something or averaging like 23 I think it was like 26 minutes but that's besides the point anyways he was dominating in starting roles he was not going to be able to do that with Hamadou Diallo I think that it's kind of 
apparent that once Diallo came back from his groin injury, that minutes would have gotten super, super tight. And I guess maybe the the deal is, you know, I think Shvi is more up and down. Like you, you don't necessarily just give him a role right away. It gives you more spots to kind of test around. And, you know, with him not being kind of locked on, you are able to test him in other areas. And I think this one really does give Kenrich Williams probably a real role. And I actually wrote down kind of what I think the rotation will be like. So the starting unit's not going to get changed. I mean, you have SGA, Maladone, Dort, Baisley, Horford. I think minute-wise, everyone's kind of locked in. Maladone, does his minutes maybe increase a hair? I could see that. But as a starter, he's kind of already getting like 28 minutes a game. So I'd say that's good. Ty Jerome. Now, whenever... You were thinking of, you know, Diallo being there and George Hill not being there. It didn't matter. Maybe George Hill comes back. I kind of want to rule that out of the equation. You can't be just saying that's impossible. But I think Jerome's minutes probably stays around the same, you know, with or without him. But that 25-minute gap that Diallo's leaving really does help you tremendously. I think Williams, he's going to get real minutes. Isaiah Roby. We cannot forget about this man. He deserved real time. I mean, he's deserved real time. Whenever he's been a starting five, he's completely balled out. He can play three through the five. And Kenrich Williams can play two through four. So it gives you that, you know, should we run Jerome with Williams and Roby at the three, Poco at the four, Brown at the five. All those different varieties help you out a ton. And whenever you kind of want to pair people up i'd say specifically with a a big man like moses brown he's so grounded you can't really trick any defenses here like on a pick and pop are you gonna guard moses brown hell no you're not guarding moses brown your center's gonna lay back and with someone like ty jerome he's gonna be crashing in two different defenders and it's not gonna really work out there so you know if you get a situation where you can do the pick and rolls or you can kind of slice in to the basket you need to make sure you have shooters you have to have, at least have i'd say three shooters on the floor at all time with diallo it kind of minimized where you could go here i think with just how the nba has turned you need to have shooters practically everywhere so he did put a little bit of a blemish there makai luke comes in and he allows you to potentially roll out guys such as brown in real roles in real time being able to be you know how he is just working on the interior because with Diallo out there I don't think it really would have worked out now I'm not gonna say that Moses Brown was the reason this deal happened Moses Brown's not even on a full-time contract so I'm not even gonna go there I'm just saying I do think that probably makes a little bit more fluid and you know hey let's say by the trade deadline this was a little bit of a shocker by the way I don't think this is what anyone predicted I thought everyone thought he you know Diallo would have been safe but by the end of this thing, you may not even see the typical stretch bigs and Horford and Muscala and all that. So this does kind of give you a step for the future, step in the direction you may want. And I think for right now, probably you're taking a little bit of a step back just because of how elusive and dominant Diallo could be at times, literally being able to be like the best player on the floor. And that's kind of wild to say. I mean, there were a couple games where he was right behind SGA in the power rankings. And even when SGA wasn't playing or on the off chance, he would be better than SGA. I don't think Mikhailo gives you that. But, you know, it, it does kind of help help um, 
long term. So Svi's um, contract, you know, I know I mentioned it, but he is expiring. He's on his final year of his deal. He's 23 years old right now, so just a year older than Hamadou Diallo. But having, you know, that new upcoming free agency, you're probably going to be able to hold on to him if you choose to do so for a relatively cheap cost. Like, I don't see his market value being any higher than like $4 million. I don't think you could see it going any higher than that. I'd say it'd probably settle for 2 to $3 million based on what he's been doing. He just kind of fills in. He fills in, and I guess that is what Sam Presti kind of wanted to work on here. And with the team so far, with the Pistons, he's only been playing 18 minutes a game. And I don't know if he comes in and takes 25 minutes. I don't think he's a player who immediately claims that. I think there are a lot of guys kind of in the pecking order who have been hunting for minutes that deserve some of the scraps left over. So I don't think he gets that number one choice. I don't know if we see him playing a consistent role immediately. There's got to be a clear reason why Presti kind of sought after this guy because, I mean, you'd have to sense that he could have went to any team in the league and they would have jumped at the idea of giving Hamadou Diallo up or giving getting Hamadou Diallo for a second round pick, especially one in 2027. So he definitely saw some potential in Sfima Kailuk that maybe was underlooked by some of the uh, the coaching staff in Detroit. So you get that, and you know, as I've said, you get the whatever eighth grader with your 2027 second round pick, but. I don't know. It's it's a small move for the future and probably things to come. This just tells you that there's a lot of different pieces you could move around because I definitely thought that he was going to be integral going to be an integral member of our team, especially whenever he started hitting three balls consistently and started kind of passing the basketball like before when he couldn't pass. I'd say yeah, it probably makes sense. Now, a little bit more puzzling, but I don't know. They want to take their steps. And I think something that's funny is Mark Dagnalt, you know, entering this game on um, on Thursday, he said that Hamadou Diallo probably would be back sooner rather than later. I think he may have been telling a little bit of a lie right there because we are not going to be seeing Hamadou Diallo for a while in the Chesapeake Energy Arena. Maybe we never see him in a Thunder uniform again. So I, I just thought that was... A little bit funny, but yeah, he gets moved. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I think that this this move, it just gives you the room necessary to kind of help others out. And I, I didn't think he would be the loose string for others to get minutes because a lot of guys deserve the minutes. I thought it would have came from one of your vets getting moved around. And there probably are going to be more vets to be moved around. But wow, um, I, I don't know. I think that this is definitely a money-savvy move. And yeah, uh, it's rough because I feel like everyone knows that Diallo was just on a continuous uphill trend. And being only 22 years old, he fit right with our timeline. And I feel like he probably would have gotten a pretty nice offer you probably would have got a lucrative offer from one of the eastern conference like bottom dwellers or something like i know the new york knicks i think he's from the bronx or something i think yeah i think he's from the bronx or queens he's he's a new york kid i remember watching this guy in like hoop mixtape videos 
playing at the park. This guy is like a legend over there. So I wouldn't be shocked if New- the New York Knicks were like, yeah, we're going to get you for a crazy deal. I guess the Detroit Pistons were willing to do that because it seems like Diallo is going to be a part of their future. And they definitely hit a home run on this. You got to give it up to Troy Reaver. I mean, he was great helping out with Sam Presti in the prior years with the Thunder's development staff. Now he comes over to the Pistons. He's already gotten some steals and other Thunder players. I mean, he had Jeremy Grant turn into a star. You have the Boston Celtics reportedly wanting first round picks for this guy. Kind of in that same spot where he's coming off the bench and not getting a ton of reps. I do think Diallo's gotten a decent amount of reps, but I I think he's going to get amplified a lot more with this Detroit Pistons squad. So I don't know if starting's in the agenda for him, but I think he was averaging about seven drives with the Oklahoma City Thunder this season. That should probably get moved up. And I mean, averaging double digits and all that, man, I don't think that lets up. I think, yeah, they got a real one, and they're going to be extremely excited to see him develop because they are in a similar situation where they are kind of also just trying to rebuild for the future and they have a you know they have a solid amount of players to work with I'm surprised that maybe you know Oklahoma City didn't try to pry away and we don't know if they didn't try to pry away other guys but how about like Sekou Dumbayao or something like he he really was not playing that significantly well for the Detroit Pistons this season he really hasn't had that role really with them and you know, being a pretty high pick just uh, a year or two out, I feel like, you know, this would have been a player that Sam Presti probably would have jumped after. I mean, he, he can play multiple positions for you. He's only 20 years old, doing a little rough right now, just averaging four points a game in 13 minutes. And field goal-wise, it's not good. I mean, he's a pretty raw talent. But, you know, if you're going to come back and try to acquire somebody, you may just go for a home run hit. And I guess, you know, they, they were setting their boundaries on who was available. But I don't know. I think Dumbayao would have probably been cool to try to acquire. You can't take this away from Makai Luke, though. I mean, he gets what what you need. And even though it's not going to be, you know, as polarizing as a Diallo would be, you're not going to see any crazy posterizer dunks. Hey, three-pointers are worth more than two-pointers. So, you got that going towards you. Fact of the matter is, he probably will not have as many shots as Hamadou Diallo would be taking for for his respective squad. So, I mean, best of luck to Hamadou Diallo. I think for for us, you know, there probably will be a period where it's like, you know, why did we move him? But this is really just to try to, I guess, help situate some other people. I think personally me, like if I was the GM, I wouldn't have moved him around but Sam Presti knows he knows all you can't doubt this man and I think Diallo has probably a really high ceiling I mean he has a higher ceiling than Mikhailuk likely will but you know if they really are honed in on trying to keep this a you know three-point shooting team everyone needs to be able to shoot the basketball I totally understand that viewpoint right there and with that pick you can do whatever. And you can, you could say on the flip side, like, you know, Svi Mikhailuk may not even be the main part of this deal. I'm just assuming he he probably is because he is 23. He is a shooter. You kind of test the waters with him. I don't think the, you know, second round pick is that attractive to them. However, I mean, if you are going to give up Diallo for absolutely nothing this summer, you might, you might as well have gotten a project piece in Mikhailuk and 
a second round pick you could potentially move around. And Makai Luke, he may not stick around for the long-term future with this team because the Thunder can have up to three first-round picks this season. And if it's not three first-round picks, you get two of the three of Houston's, their own, and Miami's, but you also get the Timberwolves' second-round pick, which is going to be very high in this draft. So I guess they want to use all those picks. That would be my guess unless they uh, you know, want to package up to, to move higher up. But I guess they want to plug... Uh, plug everything in over the offseason, whether it be through the draft or free agency. I told y'all I was going to try to get you guys with a double day since I could not make it up a couple days ago. I told y'all I had that math test, man. I really had to study for that one, but I got it. I got you with the second episode of the day. I'll be back tomorrow for a game preview. I was going to talk about Pokachevsky and kind of his role with the team and i probably will still do that you know you obviously got to talk about this roster now too though so i'm gonna get you get you all with that before i close out this thing though i do Just want to say that Diallo was one hell of a player for us. He's going to absolutely crush it with Dwayne Casey and the Detroit Pistons. For us, you know, you you just look to, you know, peace off and keep that pace and space going. You have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You have Teo Maladon, who definitely can orchestrate this style of offense. You have the screen setters who can make things work. Isaiah Roby can stretch at that five. You have... Al Horford and Mike Muscala, who are with us right now, they can stretch out. Moses Brown, not necessarily, but when you only have one dude in your center being kind of, you know, an interior force, it helps out a little bit because even with that, if a center's down low, if you get him with a crazy screen, you can get an easy runner. And you already know Shea Godis Alexander and Teo Maladon have that in their arsenal. Even Ty Jerome has that in their arsenal. So, you can force people to step up, and then Moses Brown does become a real issue. So they kind of figure everything else out from there, and now you get to see a lot more appearances from some of your shooters that you know probably would have not had as big of a say in the bench without Hamadou Diallo being moved. But yeah, guys, that was just my immediate thoughts. I'll probably have a more, you know, detailed and refined version of this come tomorrow because there definitely are going to be some more stories to come out of this there probably is some underlying stuff we just don't know about in terms of you know maybe why the thunder were so you know clued in on wanting to do this i saw you know lou dort just emerged and he became expendable i don't know about all that because diallo is playing at the two and dort's kind of settled in at the three position but you never know. I mean, news is always changing, so I'll keep you up to date on that. Make sure to check out my website, Kyle Singler for MVP.com. I'm getting to you all with the game recaps, some one-off stories, and you already know I'm going to have this trade detailed on the website tonight. So 
stay tuned for that. My Pokachevsky one actually kind of went pretty big on Reddit, so that was awesome. Uh, that's probably you know the most attention I've gotten on one of these. So you know, it's really nice to see, really nice to see that, and I appreciate everyone for reading to reading the article and just you know wanting to listen to the stuff I'm saying. But other than that, though, guys, that's gonna wrap up today's episode make sure to tune in tomorrow because i will be giving previews of the next game and giving you much much more so thank you all and i will talk to you all next time see ya